Be good. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to Monkey Tooth. It's Andrew here. Uh, My wife, Tiffany, is out for a walk. And I'm going to keep this uh, short and sweet today, this intro. Just honestly not entirely with it. My head's not totally in the game. Our little pal, Pele, is in the hospital. He was bitten yesterday by a rattlesnake right in front of us uh, as we were walking around Canyonlands in the BLM area just outside. Uh, I think he's going to be okay. Uh, we've we've been in constant contact. We actually slept outside the, uh, the veterinarian office last night. Um, and we got to see him this morning. He's doing all right, walking around. I think he's going to make a full recovery. And uh, I think I'm actually going to interview his vet, who is a very hardworking um, woman, and uh, and a great vet. So anyhow, yeah, keeping it short and sweet. I just want to talk to you about our guests today. We met them in Wyoming, way back in Moose, Wyoming, and they are a really cool, just with it couple. They're uh, Mike and Kelly Wheeler. They're world travelers. They've been a little bit everywhere. Um, they've got an incredible story here about their time in Rwanda which is um, very interestingly timed, as you will hear. Uh, And they've got two just brilliant young kids. They're about to move to Bali and go, uh, one of them's going to the green school. They're just, they're really cool kids. Um, And uh, I knew as soon as I met these kids, how cool their parents were, because they're just, they're engaged. You can tell they're well loved and um, it's a, it's a good measure of what kind of person a parent is when you can see how awesome their kids are. So, yeah, that's uh, that's our episode today, Mike and Kelly Wheeler. I hope you enjoy it. Um, feel free to check out our website for links to everything that they talk about in there. There's some, some good stuff, and uh, all the track notes and the music and that sort of thing is up there as well, mtp.dog. And that's it. I'm not going to talk about anything else. I just want you to... Um, uh, to know we will be updating you on the well-being of little Pele and um, and maybe even have his vet on here telling her story. Okay, do fun and interesting things. Be safe out there. Watch where you step because there are snakes in the grass. Okay, love you. Ta-ta for now. Right, so uh, we are sitting here in McReynolds Blacktail Cabins. Is that the name? That's right. Yeah. This place is spectacular. These are your buddies, the McReynolds. They are. Uh, and we are just family. sitting under the Tetons, uh, surrounded by beauty in every direction, in an ancient log cabin. Uh, I want to know, I mean, there's clearly a bunch of stuff I want to talk to you about uh, in relation to travel and the places you've been and the weird shit you've eaten and the things you've seen. seen. But... I want to know what you guys do. Like, I know you're you're in the process of buying a house. You got a lot going on. Uh, what, what do you What are you two doing right now? We have a property management landscape company mm-hmm. in Jackson. So that's yeah. Uh, yeah. We've had it for 13 years, and 
Yeah. So we handpicked Jackson. To give you a little more background, we handpicked Jackson. We traveled all around the States, Canada, uh, just trying to find that spot. One day Mike's like, what What do you think about moving? Yeah. I'd give it a whirl for two years. And when we visited Jackson Hole, I said, if we move to Jackson, I get boots. (laughs) So sure enough, you know, we did come back to Jackson after our travels. And we actually were fortunate after our first year to find a caretaking gig. Oh, it great. was full-on uh, ranch management without the animals. Um, Ideal. It was super. Uh, real est- big estate. We did everything. We yeah. cooked for them. We um, Mike managed their gardens and built beautiful pathways and gorgeous, uh, really beautiful perennial gardens. And yeah. after nine years of that, we started our business. And we said, you know what? We were pretty fortunate with that job. We, we asked for time off. We said, we'd love to travel. And we said, ideally, at least a month. And they said, you can take 30 days one, one lump sum. You're welcome to. So we did, always. And then when we left that job, we thought about our company. And um, we just went for it. We said, you know what? Wouldn't it be great if we managed it so we could leave here and yeah. there? We got it really rolling or figure that out. And that's really what we did. Where was home before here? Where were you guys? It was Connecticut. Connecticut. Yep. You're both from there. Well, New York and Connecticut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She grew up in New York. It's, I mean, you, you, you've done good. You moved west. <laughs> it's pretty smart. I love it out back east, but yeah. this is pretty spectacular. We had two criteria. We liked climbing at the time, and yeah. we wanted to be able to live in a place we could make enough money to travel, because yeah. travel was our priority since yeah. we first met. Did you know that you wanted kids when you were younger and traveling and i think so yeah i would say so there was a time when we decided we were definitely going to have kids and we're like so we kind of got to get a bucket list of trips that are more (laughs) say not as safe ventures and we just are going to go for that and kind of check them off and uh one of these days we'll get around to having kids yeah do you think your sort of wild uh maybe not reckless abandon that's a crazy way to put it but your your uh passion for travel and your uh willingness to take these risks sort of informs your business acumen like the decisions you make with business and trying something risky like that or even just the risky venture of having kids do you think one informs the other i think the i think our travel drives our business because our priority has, you know, always been travel. Like business is, is a priority in life, but it's tra- travel stays our main priority. Yeah. So, and it also makes us interesting people for clients. Oh, okay. So it, it really has made us, you know, one of our original clients. We watched uh, something that he did. We watched on the um, internet and he was doing a speech to a bunch of business students and the, his big biggest word of advice was be interesting you know yeah. it's not your degree it's not this or that it's be interesting be an interesting person and so our clients every year the first thing they say to us when they when they get back to town because a lot of them this is a second home is you know where did you travel we want to hear uh, your, about your you trip hear tales yeah. and yeah and so that's what you know that's what I, everybody likes an interesting person or a character or whatever it is, you know, and that's been really what's, I believe, what's sold a lot of our business. Oh, that's interesting. I guess uh, 
having been exposed to so many different cultures, people feel comfortable that you're going to be able to adapt to what it is that they want, their expectations of the level of care and the, the vision for their place. They know Correct. someone who's experienced the world has probably gotten exposure to that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what, when you say be interesting, and when you hear that guy say be interesting, what do you, what do you feel like that means to you, like to be interesting? I feel like it's, you know, to, um, you know, when we travel, we get off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't see people as, you know, rich or poor or by their religion or anything. Like, when we go, we you know, we like to get off the beaten path. And it's because, you know, we enjoy people, mm-hmm. you know, and... It's there's always stories behind it, you know. People are like, well, how was your trip to, you know, where did you go? And I mean, it doesn't. I mean, you can go to some place that no one else would find interesting, mm-hmm. and it's always very interesting. Yeah. The people are always really interesting. There's always, you know, you go to Chad, you know, and like, what's in Chad? Well, it's a desert. It's flat. What's going on? Well, you know, there's a lot of fighting going on. There's this or that. How was it? Well, it was actually great. You know, you get to Jimena and, and, you know, you meet these people and you start talking about these people you met and, you know, they welcomed you in their house. And, you know, it's, it's the same no matter where you go. Yeah. It's not, you don't necessarily need to go to, you know, the Eiffel Tower or, you know, some big place that, that's, you know, those places are beautiful and great. And that's why so many people go there. But we just love meeting new people and new cultures. Yeah. And and so it makes you interesting because of I think the stories you have or the experiences you have. Yeah. How do you feel about what's your I think take the same on? thing. I think going along with that openness and that I don't know what I'm not going to say Chad because I didn't experience that with Mike, but I don't know what a certain country is going to be like necessarily. There's times, especially some of these islands, I've gone with absolutely no picture in my head. And I'm like, wow, sometimes you can be a little nervous because we know we'll be out there. We're kind of away from, say, medical care or things that we may find comfortable here in the States. But at the end of the day, you're like, you know what? They raise their children there. Like, how cool is that? Let's go check it out and really enjoy their lifestyle. And Mike's right. It doesn't matter. Some of our best times have been literally um, thrown off a boat in the middle of the night where we're saying, oh, shoot, this is definitely not what we were thinking it was going to be like. We get in this teeny tipsy boat. We're like, oh, shit, we'll be lucky if we even get there with any of our gear. You know, and we travel really light. And you're just thinking, well, whatever, here we are. And then the next morning, you know, sometimes even somebody will say, oh, there's nothing for you here. But you know what? You can stay with me. and I've got this extra room. And before you know it, you had the best breakfast ever. And you're like, how could this be? Yeah. I never care if the bus shows up. Right. You know? And, and it really can be a great adventure. It makes it so interesting yeah. and so fun yeah. to um, think about later. The best memories ever, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think some of the funnest times I've ever had have been around some sort of stressful thing. And it's not – you don't necessarily – Think of it as fun in that moment. Uh, I've got this right. friend back home. Uh, she's in her 80s. And uh, she talks about this horrible day that she and her husband, they did a lot of travel as well. And they're, they 
thought for sure their car would be fine. The policeman told it to be fine. And it was towed away and they had to walk this great distance and everything just, you know, just comedy of errors, things. And she had the, the wisdom to say, you know, someday we're going to laugh about this. That's not this day, but someday we will laugh about it. And they do. They tell that story right. and it's hilarious, you know, the, the whole sort of thing. So that, you know, in retrospect, disaster and the things that go wrong and the unexpected are kind of that, that thing that bring you bring you the most joy and the greatest memories. It, it really does. And we, we seek that on every trip. Yeah. You know, we don't seek disaster, but we oh, always... I'd, I'd like to rephrase that because <laughs> honestly, I've usually said a trip, a trip without um, feeling like I'm going to die at least once with Mike in my life is not really a trip. You didn't hit the I mark. I mean, honestly, there's almost always a time, a moment Sometimes. where I'm like, oh, wow, I may have really gotten us in deep in this trip. Wow. And, it, you know, and it's not... It's great fun. It's not seeking... To die on our trips it's sure. outside of our comfort zones yeah <laughs> and it's it's um in every trip we we push that envelope He only sick and lie down in bed Because he have a few property Your mini must dead and left it for we I tell you, he not dead yet 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 So speaking of that envelope, where all have you pushed it? Well, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a long list, and I. I mean, I could even tell you. Uh, my kids, I think, know how many countries they've been to, but uh, I don't even know what that is. It's we maybe, don't know. I, but it's, I do. Know it's way it. over a hundred. Yeah. Wow. But it's you know we used to travel. I traveled before I met Kelly, mm-hmm. and we met, and we were sort of dating, and I invited her on a trip to the Himalayas into Africa. Wow, sort of dating. And, hey, you want to just and, sort of go with me to the Himalayas? so we said, <laughs> you know, a night out, and then you wake up in the morning like, wow, the girl is pretty nice, but did I really invite her for a long trip? Like, <laughs> called her up. She's like, so when are we going? I'm like, well, she certainly remembers, so. <laughs> well, you said Africa, and that's all he had to say. I was like, Africa? I've wanted to go to Africa since I was eight. Like, this is on my list. It's happening. Yeah. And and uh, that was really the only the only concern was what if we decide that this isn't going to be a relationship at some point? And Mike said the right thing for better or for worse. He was like, "Ah, eh, we part as friends." And I was like, "I'm cool with that. Let's yeah. go." Yeah, I think that's the best litmus test that for a relationship, like travel or a disaster. You know, yeah. those two things mm-hmm. you really see what somebody's about in the in the confines of a vehicle. Or, uh, you know, just having to make decisions together and try things out. And that's a fantastic way to get to know what your would-be partner is really like. You know, because it's one thing to just, you go out, you have drinks, you go out to dinner, you do all these fun things. But when you have to be like, okay, uh, I've got diarrhea. Do you, (laughs) do we have to go to that temple today or can we go see this? So I'm sure you guys had plenty of diarrhea together. Uh, Yeah, that trip especially. Absolutely. Was that what we had? Just about every when you put the ring on it, amoeba, amoeba bacteria (laughs) imaginable in us. So 
that was a that was a fun trip that way. <laughs> so um, I want to jump, I guess maybe back and forward yeah. at the same time. We got some kids here. Yeah. You guys have two children. Uh, we've had the pleasure of hanging out with both of them. They're hilarious and smart, and uh, unusually well traveled for people under the age of twenty. I mean, these are sixteen and twelve. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that. Um, I think the furthest I went at you know twelve was maybe. Uh, like just around the states, which I, you know, we did plenty of road trips. Right. You learn a little bit about your family, but going on a a trip to didn't you take your kids to Rwanda or one of your kids to Rwanda? No, that was that was pre kids, pre kids. <laughs> yes, okay. thankfully, Pre- a lot of our you know when we had traveled a lot in Africa and um, and been in many situations in Africa, and so when our daughter was born, we mm-hmm. decided our first trip we we're going to take her to South America, and we went to Argentina and Chile. And, it was fantastic, yeah. you know. And then we, when she was about um, 14, 16 months old, mm-hmm. we took her to Africa. And we did a, you know, we went to the middle of nowhere in Senegal. And, you know, Senegal's a, a pretty, fairly easy country to travel around. But we decided to go out into the desert. It got really hot and it was kind of nasty. And we're, so we said, well, let's try to get into Guinea. And we didn't have visas. And, you know, it was one of those things. We broke fields. down in cotton fields. <laughs> oh and. You know, and we ended up sleeping in some lady's hut, and and then we took a donkey to the border, and the and the trailer tipped over, and you know we still laugh about it. It's like, <laughs> but one of the things finally we went to Gambia, and, and eventually we left, and and we said, well, you know, maybe we don't need to travel as much in Africa with our kids. So that's when we started doing, I think, more However, Asian yeah. trips. I mean, we still did plenty of African we still trips. Go back. But yeah. more of Southern Africa, Madagascar, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. And um, when our son came along, we had our first tickets booked before he was born. So it was Baby Wheeler. And I'm like, well, why do you need a name? He's a lap child. Or he or she, we didn't know at the time. Yeah. And so he said, just put Baby Wheeler down. So um, mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, we went to, we ended up in the, went to Bahamas and went to Cuba. And so <clears throat> it was, you know, it was like, three months or something he was three months and so. <laughs> we got his passport picture i think he was a week old i was like wow yeah, wow that. they must really be wondering what this lady's <laughs> yeah. thinking but sure enough we went and then i realized as we were flying over huh if we got in trouble for this you know what would happen to my kids and my family i was like ah oh, you can't worry about these kind of things it's what's done is done so old uh, baby what's yeah, his maybe face maybe dad would fine, come yeah. grab him yeah we were last with my dad in bahamas it was so great and, yeah. and he we got back and we said oh so after we saw you guys in the bahamas we went on to cuba you went to cuba without me you know it was it was great it's yeah. all in the family yeah. yeah that's fantastic so uh, right before we walked in here, I was talking to your kids. It's like, is there anything real embarrassing you just you got to know about your family, like your dad, or your mom, some <laughs> weird shit you want to ask them? And uh, they were such they're such sweet and genteel creatures. They didn't they didn't come out. If somebody had preferred that to me as a sixteen year old, be like, let's talk about sex. I want to hear something <laughs> yeah. crazy, something weird, something ashamed. So y- your sweet kid did nothing of the sort and said, <laughs> well, ask my dad. Uh, when he started eating weird foods and what sort of weird <laughs> stuff he's eaten, which is way more insightful than any dumb thing I would ask. So cheers to your kids. Yeah, and now, yeah, now cool. you have to answer that question. Now I can answer that question. Well, I probably started eating weird foods when I was a kid. So growing up on a farm, I just always ate a lot of weird stuff. For example? So, oh, I don't know. And you for know, money. All sorts of bugs and, 
you know, anything, worms, it didn't matter. I really? Didn't, you know, it, nothing really Goldfish. bothered me. Goldfish. Mm-hmm. Goldfish. You know? Wait, so there's some money involved? Hang on. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. You know, like the fairs, my yeah. brother would get people, you know, pay a dollar to watch my brother eat a goldfish. He didn't care, right? And I didn't care, so we split the money. How much? Um, <laughs> wait, how much were you taking home tonight? Like <laughs> 30 bucks a pop? Yeah, I don't know. It was maybe 20 bucks or something, 30 bucks. Yeah, it was a lot of money back then. Yeah. Um, goldfish so, were cheap. You just get a goldfish for a nickel. Right. Yeah, you make yeah, ninety five cents. Pop for... a balloon or something, you win one. Right. <laughs> so then, you know, when we started traveling, I mean, there's always, you know, a lot of people the the protein, and we've spent a lot of time in the, you know, the bush of Central Africa mm-hmm. with pygmies, and and they just, you know, they everything they gather. So you don't, yeah. you know, whenever we brought food, they would just either all eat it all the first night, or, oh, you know, we use yeah. it for bargaining someplace. But, you know, they just gather everything and. So it's it's kind of nice to be very open yeah. with trying things. And our kids, you know, last year in Thailand, we, you know, somebody's selling scorpions, and you know, it's it's mainly for the tourists that, that where we were at down Kosan Road, and we'd be like, yeah, we'll take one. And all the kids are like, no, I'm not. And of course, Isaac ate it immediately. Oh, he did. Mm-hmm. That's great. And then we you know, then everybody had bite. it. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. you just got to try it. You know, yeah. And and we try things you know, everywhere. Yeah. And my kids are actually very good at trying things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's just, you got to, you know, try it and see what it tastes like. Yeah. You won't know so, you like it yeah. or you that you don't like it until you give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we, what's the grossest thing that you were just objectively like, okay, this is not meant to be inside my mouth at all? Oh, it probably wouldn't be a bug. Well, you know, yeah. probably something traveling that, you know, you're like up in the hills of Bhutan with yak butter tea, which is oh which my. is great the first couple of times. Mm. But after a while, you're like, oh, you know, and when you had, you know, I think I had amoebas or something, and it's like, I really can't stomach yak butter tea, but you go into a village and you gotta drink they, it. they make you drink it, you know, and it's like, or the, um, yeah. well, what's the Ethiopian so, it's so food? It's so salty and buttery. And for us in our culture, I think often, like somebody, you have a little sore in your mouth, everybody says, oh, just rinse it with a little salt water. So that warm, salty thing, we learn kind of to spit it out. So how yeah. difficult is it when it's so, something so special to them and so unique and full of all those good fats and stuff, and they yeah. give you this beautiful cup, and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, all I want to do is spit this thing out. Yeah. And you have to drink it, and then you go to somebody else's house, and you do the same. You're like, oh, oh wow. terrible. Yeah. But you do it. But, but you do it, yeah. 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 You know, and that's, I think, foods you get sometimes, you know, most, we're open to all foods. Yeah, but we don't always, mm-hmm. you know. You just you get sick of them sometimes. They're not your taste, and yeah. you know, the further you get away from, further out, there, you know, sometimes it tastes yet. I, I won't eat rice and beans at home ever, <laughs> you know, because I save it. I'm like, you know, when I'm somewhere in Africa mm-hmm. and I get rice and beans for three meals a day, then I'm that's when I'll eat it. Yeah. I'm saving it up. Saving it up. Yeah. <laughs> saving back in those rice and bean meals. Yeah. I have to admit what works really well with my family because a lot of them will be that way. I'll make some awesome rice dish that I'm so into. And and then they're like, oh, we didn't want this tonight. And I'm like, hold on. You know what's missing? It's the Sri Lankan music. Let's go get the music. And, and, and actually then they're like, oh, this isn't so bad. If we kind of like <laughs> pretend we're somewhere yeah. else yeah. and all of a sudden they're really into it. It's hilarious. <laughs> it works every time. I have definitely, uh, you know, you'll go to a yoga class and they'll play like sitar Indian music. I cannot yeah. just de- decouple Indian music from like basmati rice 
and delicious food. I'm sitting there <laughs> sweating in a class thinking like, man, we should probably go get Indian after this. Yeah. It's just, just, yeah. you can't, At least a cup of chai. Yeah, you can't decouple the two there. <laughs> so you guys uh, have another adventure on the decks that I'd like to talk to you about. You're heading to, well, first of all, tell me what you've done here. You, you've been living here and you just sold a house or what's what's going on? Oh, yeah, no, we've been living in a house that we don't own. And okay. so uh, we have a... Um, well, we had another house that we had sold. So we just bought um, a house that we're going to move into next year, but we're going to, the kids have been, um, you know, they, what my daughter was talking about doing an overseas trip, like the McReynolds kid, yeah. and um, with the oh, Rotary Club. Before an exchange. Before an exchange yeah. trip, correct. And, we, and then she decided, no, I, I don't want to miss the spring traveling with you guys. And, wow. you know, we're like, well, we could do a trip together. I'm like, well, I don't think it's fair that you go away and I don't go away, right? So, um, so we talked about it and we said, well, let's go and look at places where you guys can go to school for a bit. So we love Indonesia. We love especially the remote areas of Indonesia and the surrounding islands of that part of the Pacific. Yeah. Um, there's so many great places. We love to dive and the diving's fantastic. And so we said, well, let's go to Bali and see, because we love Bali. We've been to Bali many times. It's easy. And um, we know that there's decent schools there. So we went to Bali on this last trip <clears throat> with other places as well in Indonesia. And, and uh, we looked into the schools and we found both the school for, you know, each of our kids are going to a different school. So we're going to go there and spend the second semester, six months in Bali. That's and we're, we're going to first go in November, get a little extra vacation in, and uh, <laughs> secure housing. So. Yeah. Without the kids. Without the kids. Yeah. Oh, that's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'll have some time in Bali to have some fun. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys have you know, fun with your really kids. We're really just house hunting is super boring. Yeah. yeah sounds <laughs> awful. Well, Make sure you cover motoring around. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that your kids want to go with you. I mean, even at 16, that your daughter still likes traveling with you and looks forward to it. And I mean, it, it, you guys are doing something right. I don't mind other guys dancing with my girl. feel fortunate because we you know we we once brought brought our niece when she was about six or seven she said well when can i go to africa with you so mike and i talked about it we we made a plan and we said when you're 13 because we thought not only is she old enough to remember that trip but she won't have a boyfriend yet probably (laughs) that was the idea so you know and and maya's surpassed that she certainly has her group of friends here and she's very settled in jackson and loves it and yet she just can't wait to go too um it's not it's funny because i think of a lot of americans when they travel i know my family growing up it's very stressful event for them to stop everything stop work stop school and think they're going away even for a week or two and pack and what that takes and cleaning up your house and getting ready my kids are just like 
Mom, I packed last week. I'm ready to roll. Let me know. Everything's yeah. set. They pack their own um, stuff and 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 it's just their lifestyle. Yeah, I think. it is their lifestyle. You could put them on a plane by themselves to anywhere in the world. They figured out, and they would land and they would figure it out. They'd figure out the language and the currency and what to do yeah. and where to go yeah. on their own. I mean, they're they know those are the things yeah. we work on. Please and thank you and a uh, little bit of your numbers so you you know can get get hold of the money situation and yeah. so forth, and they are ready to roll. You said something really yesterday neat. that struck me uh, about your kids packing. You, you've, in the beginning, would kind of check it out and make sure, and you're like, you know, I wouldn't change a thing. I think you, you nailed it. Good job, kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a kid packing their own bags, that's just something you don't really, you, just those tiny little details you wouldn't think of as a, something a kid has just got on lockdown. I know how to travel and travel light. Right. For long periods mm-hmm. of time, travel light. That's a yeah, really cool impressive. skill to cultivate that young. Let, let me ask, sorry, to, did, did you guys have that sort of experience growing up? Did your parents, did you travel a lot as kids? No, my, my first um, trip, I had the hugest backpack ever. Yeah. And it just, oh, and I hauled all this stupid stuff all the way around the world. I was on a, it wasn't supposed to be around the world, but it ended up being around the world. How old were you? And um, I was, I don't know. 20 or something, 21. I think I, was, I wasn't 21 yet. Like six I years ago. I think you were like 19. Yeah, like six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> totally. 19, 20, I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, I we, you know, it's something we learned, especially as we went more remote in just where you, you know, the, I think the one thing you learn is that what do you really need? Yeah. You know, you don't need any of this stuff. And it's, we'll go away for, I mean, we've done, you know, year-long trips. And you come back, and you don't miss anything. Mm-mm. There's not a single thing we miss. Not even your bed. Not even no. our bed, no. no. You guys and are it, stoics. It's interesting, though, because you really do get used to just sleeping. You're tired. You're so, your mind is so busy absorbing everything from the day, I think. Yeah. Or maybe you go on a long hike that day or a good swim and just really enjoy yourself and breathing that air and being out there talking with others. Yeah. You just hit the bed. Because I know even here, like Maya and I, we spent those 10 days traveling through Oregon and California. And there was a couple nights in the hotel. I'm like... Darn why I can't I sleep in the hotel. I sleep fine in that tent. Like what what is right. it? But it might be just the different approach. It's yeah. a different bed. I don't know. I'm not tired enough yet. Hmm. Yeah. I've never experienced a trip where I wasn't incredibly glad to get back home to my bed. Really? I, we've we've you know, I've been through some rough and rocky traveling, but there's something about getting back home to that bed that's yours and your little space. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a huge homebody yet, but now we are literally traveling with our bed going 70 miles an hour right. behind us. Uh, it's So you guys are tough to not miss your bed, I gotta admit. Mm-hmm. I enjoy my bed when I get home. Yeah. But I don't. I don't miss it. I'd rather be traveling still. For sure. I guess I should clarify. I'm not like pining for it when I'm out enjoying myself. Yeah. But when you get back home, it's like, oh, you sweet thing. Yeah. How I've missed you. And all the millions of mites that chew on you while you sleep. You know, you, hey, I'm back. Hey. So, you know, yeah. When we had kids, we worried. Mike had said at one point when we were going to have mice, oh, what if they hate travel? I don't yeah. think they will. We, we kind of thought that they would grow out of it, too. Mm. Like that, that day when all of a sudden the kids are going to be like, I want to stay with my friends. I don't want to go. <laughs> and that was our biggest fear. And yeah. 
So we just, you know, we do more beach time or yeah. places that we know that they, you know, we're not trying to drag them through, you know, yeah. the jungles of Africa. Although we, we like I said, every trip has a, a turn, yeah. but we make sure that it's plenty of really nice good times, places that they love. And yeah. they do always love the adventures in the end. Yeah. So We, we really like feel that at the end of the day, home is what we make it, mm -hmm. our little family. It's amazing. And we do have our structure to our day. You know, there's, there's things we call it actually, quote unquote, happy hour. And we sit down each day because the kids still have to get schoolwork done, especially if they're going to be accredited. We're, we're on, a, you know, usually a six week trip. This time it was two months, last, two months. Last year. Yeah. Um, in Indonesia and so you know the kids still have to have some structure so we get right. up we make a plan each day we kind of know the night before what it's going to be like and we say okay when's happy hour that means it's homework time in a really nice way like we buy biscuits or you know we get some kind of a, a juice to share or something right. like that and we all sit down at the table and um, if somebody doesn't have homework well, write in your journal a little bit. And actually, these days, we try to get the kids to write in the journal for the most part. Yeah. And it's kind of a good collective thing. So we still have yeah. some structure. It's before dinner, time to unwind. Yeah. Um, applied, it's kind of nice. Applied schooling is always the best, in my opinion. Like yeah. you're, you're, I mean, math and science, converting currency and <laughs> navigating you know, temperatures and how to pack. Uh, they're creative writing and critical thinking and writing journal entries at a and b or something. I mean, the, the whole experiment of travel is an excellent education, and it's kind of a shame that it isn't just considered a credit. Yeah. Mm. You know, if you could, I mean, especially now with the way you can document a trip, you can really just show almost in real time what you guys yeah. did. And be like, look, I'll go ahead and take a degree to Yale. Look at this kid. Look at this bag he just packed. Just <laughs> give him a political science stamp. That's We're going to graduate from Yale right now. And Maya's school has talked about doing credit for stuff, and yeah. and you know she just she's been doing documentaries of her trip, yeah. and the kids have actually grown up. Wait, even we got to plug it. What's her name? What's the name of the channel? The YouTube channel? <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> Wait a second, it's Maya's channel. I just channel. found out last night. I didn't know that she had a <laughs> channel. Tiffany's like, so you have a YouTube channel, Maya? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I think she's it's... like, oh yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> I'll edit this so it doesn't sound like you guys didn't know the name of your um, It's fine. It's it's uh, you know sixteen year old. Oh uh, yeah, we'll just put a link up on the okay on Sweet. the thing. YouTube. Yeah, we'll put it, it up on there. It was funny, but you know I also want to mention um, Maya has uh, also done National History Day. I don't know if you've heard about that, but mm -mm. there's some schools participate in this program, and it's a history. Um, it's kind of a project oriented history program and it also kind of aligns with the common core history program that's going on so it's a little bit more expected of you because you do the side project and Maya's chosen to do a documentary three years in a row her first one was a solo documentary on the Spice Islands wow. and we had gone and visited the islands of Bandanera and they're the original Nutmeg Spice Islands yeah. and it was so Fascinating, and she got to use what ninety-eight percent of her own photos wow. from the trip in her documentary. That's and so cool. I just loved it, and it made it to nationals. It won for its documentary category in our state of Wyoming, and she carried on. So it has been really nice to yeah. see how um, 
the kids can pick up on that. And mm-hmm. without working too, too hard at it and dragging them to every museum in every city, which let's all face it, too much of that is just boring. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. We just kind of pick up on little bits and pieces, whether it be just kind of where we're staying and there's some neat literature or talking to people. And all of a sudden, before we know it, we're like, wow, we know a lot about the spices of Bandanera and yeah. how they travel throughout the world. And we've great. we've yeah. learned so much too of, you know, the history of World War II history, traveling mm-hmm. around the Pacific, you know, and Palau mm-hmm. and the Solomon Islands and every place we go, you know, it's like this is where you know, JFK yeah. was was you know, he was on this island. He was his boat, you know, he he was stranded on this island for two weeks and you know, we've learned it's amazing the stuff that we've yeah. seen and learned. You know, and I feel like the kids learn at least as much, if not more, than they learn in school. Oh, and yeah. Just by experience. For sure. You know, which is just fantastic. Especially retention. Yeah. To, to like, I, I can kind of remember some teachers and some girls I had crushes on, but I really don't remember a whole lot of school. <laughs> the actual, like, there was a day we talked about Martin Luther King, maybe something like that. But for the most part, that's kind of a blur. But right. I remember going on trips with my parents. I remember the things that we would experience and the places we went. Those were indelible memories just burned into your skull, sometimes literally by your sister pulling your hair in the car. But, you know, you've got your memories, and that's a, that's a really cool way to educate your kids. So your kids are going to be in Bali with you in school. The youngest is yes. going to the green school, which is pretty hip. That's not easy to get into, for one. Right? I mean, they're kind of like a... Well, application program. They, well, there delighted. is, and, there is and there's a, a and there was a waiting list, and mm-hmm. he got in rather quickly. We thought it was going to take longer. Yeah, and um, and Maya's in a similar school to what she's in to here, but it's got a fantastic music program. Oh, she's a musician. She, yeah, yes, yeah, she does. Yeah, she, loved she to loves play. to play that's lots great. of different things, and oh, now the ukuleles are her big thing. Nice. So. That's great travel instrument. Yeah. It's already. <laughs> she's thinking ahead. She, she travels with it. That's so fantastic. Yeah. Cool. So uh, it's Bali, then you move into a house. It'll be your first time living in a new house, right? Yep. Yes. We'll be in a new house yeah. when we get back. Our own home. Yeah. Are you renting it out to someone while you're gone? Or? We are. Yep. Yeah. It's So part of the reason I'm asking some of these questions is people feel like, particularly people with children, uh, they look at the journey that we're on and the journey that, that you guys have been on for so long, and it feels impossible. Like there's no way I could do that, you know. They, that's, and I get it. I mean, it's it's daunting to take those sorts of journeys, particularly with kids and responsibilities. But you have managed to work out just the right recipe. Uh, do you? And it, I mean, you've not pointed me to a Instagram page or like a YouTube. There's no self promotion. You guys aren't trying to sell anything or do anything. You just take these mm-hmm. trips for the betterment of yourselves and maybe the people that you meet. Uh, have you given any thought to helping others? do what you're doing because it's it, it really is a dream i mean it's the sort of thing mm-hmm. that people don't necessarily feel is legitimately achievable as a parent have you considered that sort of thing at all we've hosted a few dinners at our yeah, house that's what actually I was say. <laughs> we've had um a few people and often acquaintances or mm-hmm. teachers or How'd come up to us off? and say how do you make it happen or i think i can make it happen but but my partner doesn't, or you know, there there is a lot of that. There's a tug of war sometimes, even in within your own home. Certainly, over our trips, sometimes we're like, no, I get to choose the trip this year. Um, but uh, 
but you know, I think it's hard for people often to say, wow, how can I change my life enough to make this dream happen? How can I slow down? How can I make sure I have enough money both to secure my home if I have one and uh, to be traveling abroad? There's there's a lot of how can I make it happen? And I think you just have to sit down and say, wow, well, what if I only live once? What if this is it? You know, do I really want to go on this trip and and try to make my life or my family's life so we can say, wow, we went and did this. That is remarkable. And like we said, at the end of the day, it's all those great memories, you know, what's what's really important and to reach out there and really um, give you a perspective of the world that you'll never see on TV. Um, And there's more families doing it as well mm-hmm. we're seeing you know traveling in certain areas and places especially like bali you know bali is it's a fantastic culture and great people and and but there's a lot of westerners there now you know we yeah. used to enjoy it more when it was not so many <laughs> yeah. um but you know that's what happens these days is great places and you see a lot of people tr- living there with their kids and it's really fantastic you know we yeah you know, that's, you know, we always kind of figured we'd be, because we like being off the beaten path, and and that's not so much off the beaten path, but it's a fantastic place, and yeah. kind of want to enjoy being in a place with people that do what we want to do, mm-hmm. too, so it's a good education. And a tribe of travelers. In a yeah. Way. Absolutely. Yeah. It, so that, the one thing that we've kind of recognized, and we're not the best at it, uh, Tiffany and I, and sort of chasing after travel goals or adventure goals, that sort of thing. It's uh, the same sort of impulse that informs how you pack. You know, what you can do without is what makes possible the journey itself. It's what you can whittle away from your life that would divert funds or or attention uh, from a journey. You know, that that idea that you, can, you don't need this, you don't need that, you don't need those 12 things. Mm. You kick those out of your life, and then suddenly you have room for wow, we can go to this place and we can you know, make our way and bring our children to Bali. Right. You know, do you feel those sacrifices that you make to make that happen, um, do you notice them? Do you even no. notice them while no. they happen? No. Yeah. You know, we, Maybe in the moment, briefly, you worry mm-hmm. about losing something. I think we all do or changing something, but I, no. You know, I feel like you know, our financial status has changed over the years. And regardless, we've always made a trip happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't matter. I would come back flat broke. And if I decided I wanted to travel again in six months, I would be traveling in six months. Make it happen. And people are always like, how can you afford to travel? You pick and choose where you go, what you do. Mm-hmm. Some countries are you know, a lot more affordable. There's different means of travel. Yeah. You know, if you got a hitchhike, then you hitchhike. That's all you can afford. If you got to take a long bus, if you have the money, jump on a plane. So you just you just make it work and and it really, you know, the amount of money it takes to travel, you know, people spend that, you know, all the time on, you know, going out to dinner or you know things that they enjoy doing. Sure, that six dollar coffee every morning that is your special up. treat. Boy, that adds up quick. Yeah, adds up. And we choose not to do that stuff. We choose yeah. to travel. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I got to ask you about Rwanda. I know I alluded to that earlier. I didn't realize your kid wasn't there. It's probably a very good thing. Mm. Is yeah. that something you feel like talking about? Is it too heavy? 
We can talk about it a little bit. A little bit. It was interesting because it came up in conversation. Then him and I were talking about it this morning, and it's it's really a very interesting memory. And at the time, we were in our twenties, actually, and so so set the stage for you perceived it. Yeah, you know. When were you there? So this was on our first trip together. So we're and this was Mm -hmm. in. uh, We'd already been through ninety three, ninety four trip. Okay, ninety three, ninety four, Rwanda. Nepal, well, yeah, I think India, we in... Pakistan, right? Singapore yep. prior, of course, but but Just those sort of were dated. we had a couple months through those areas, really. Yeah, fun. and so we were down. We we're back in East Africa, or I was back in East Africa. It was her first, first time. time. And um, last time I came through, I was on a year long journey coming down through, and I didn't have enough money to see the gorillas. And even though I was driving right past him, so I really wanted to go back and see him, and, and she was dying to see him. So we went to, uh, we decided to go see him in Uganda. You can see him in the Congo, Uganda or Rwanda. Yeah. What are these gorillas the, called? These are the mountain uh, gorillas. So you can see lowland gorillas throughout Western Africa. Right. But the mountain gorillas um, are just in the Virunga Mountains. And so we went to Uganda, but I guess they said, you know, the park was closed because of issues, and, and we didn't quite understand what they were, but I guess it was gorilla, um, not uh, people, people gorillas, gorillas. <laughs> yeah. training in the in the parks was, wow. the, was the problem. So we decided to go around, and, and we ran into, as you always do in these, any odd remote areas of Africa, you always run into a German tourist, and his name's usually Klaus. <laughs> um, this, this happens all the time, which is great, and they're always such great people. And it's so funny how many Klauses we've ran into. Um, this Klaus is unique and special, and yeah. we really wish we could find him again. Oh, because, wow. Yeah, we, we don't uh, have his contact information. We had quite a moment with him. But he was heading the same way, and he was going to, to Kigali. Um, he wasn't going to see the gorillas, but he was going to Kigali. So we went in with him, and uh, you know, we just traveled together and got a place to stay. It was a, it was a mission, actually, pretty simple place, affordable, and... And then we went off to, we got our permits, went off to see the gorillas. Well, on our trip going up to see the gorillas, our minibus was pulled over like six or eight times. And um, everybody had to get off. And then they'd look at your ID and they start talking with people and, you know, asking them their names and things, you know, and, and this is in French and local languages. And, you know, we didn't really understand too much what was going on. But there were pretty, there's a lot of tension. And, you know, and then they pulled two or three people off and they wouldn't get back on the bus. And so the bus and would go on. So we'd go Mike on. Mike and I were the only foreigners Whoa. on the bus. We didn't think anything of it. They're you all know, like there's, and Tutsi. There, there's, there's tension going on and, you know, and we knew there's tension in the country, but mm-hmm. we didn't realize to what extent it was. And we're just trying to see the gorillas. We thought worst case scenario, they were arrested or something. Never even thought right. about it so much that day. So we get up and we, you know, we, we spend the night and we wake up at 4.30 or something the next morning and uh, we go out and see the gorillas and it was fantastic. You know, it was a wonderful experience. And, Unreal. We even yeah. saw a mama with a, like a two week old infant. Wow. They came and they sat right beside us. How close? I mean, like how- One of them, you know, like rubbed close. us sometimes 
two feet away. Shit. You know, you just, I mean, mm-hmm. we just sat there. And so wow. if they rub against you, they rub against you. And you don't can't get do me anything. wrong. They're strict with the rules. We go through the rules and they're like never, never less than 12 feet. And, you know, they kind of go through them all. But the gorillas really, they, they do what if they you're want. very they do what approachable they want. Yeah. or, yeah, wow. they really want to come up. They're as curious as we are. Yeah. How many it people were magic. in your group? It was um, just us two for the most and part but there were like three of the French aid workers yeah, or something there were others. also so five there of us. we kind of teamed people. up at the yeah. end because wow. the yeah the group of gorillas that we met up with were I right think we there. were by ourselves phenomenal. though weren't we we were by ourselves hiking with so, our guide yeah I think yeah. we, we and went then off they were and kind of around yeah I think they went off wow. and saw another group or something what I can't even just imagine what does a gorilla smell like that close? Is, I can't um, tell you. It's like the best experience yeah. of my life. We've, we've it was so since wonderful. we've spent a lot of time with gorillas, but, and mainly in West Africa and Central. And um, I mean, they 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 smell like a an animal, you know. I mean, they don't smell I, great. I don't remember that, but, but I just remember the hair, like and their fingernails. Whoa. And well, the silverback, he kind of sits back in the in the background as if he's like a king on a throne, you know? Wow. And and that's kind of intimidating. We thought that was scary, but then yeah. the younger ones, especially kind of the the juveniles, you know, they're really curious and yet they're, you know, they weigh way more they're, than They're us. so big. Yeah, they're, that they're giant. They, yeah, and, and these ones were very calm. Mm-hmm. We've had ones that have gotten angry and they'll just grab a tree and rip it out. I mean, the strength Whoa. is... Something that you can't even imagine. And they're a vegetarian diet, right? Aren't yes. they yeah. eating yeah. just... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vegetarian. So big on. I mean, their muscles are, are literally yeah. just huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay, so your pet and grill is illegal. So we're, 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 having we're the seeing the grill. We, we come out and the French, the three that mm-hmm. um, French aid workers that were there come up to us and said, listen, there's a lot of problems going on in Kigali. And things have blown up, and things have gotten really bad. And uh, one of the heads of the parties was taken out of his vehicle, I believe, and macheted. And yeah, like they were, they were starting to slaughter of, people. Yeah. And so we're like, well, what should we do? You know, we knew the mountains, and I'm like, you know, let's we'll just flee across the mountains. You know, which is a much bigger task than it, it, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they said, no, that's it's not safe because there's gorillas in the mountains training, and you know your best bet is to go back with us, and we'll we'll get you to your embassy. So. We but said, they were like, listen, we're not stopping, and there may be barricades, and we're going through. Yeah. So it was pretty. So oh, we had no choice. So we said, sure. You know, we appreciate the ride, right? What do you? Yeah, at least have an opportunity with someone that knows the area. They have yeah. their own vehicle. Mm-hmm. Your best shot. So that's what we did, and there were bar- barricades that we just didn't stop. We went around, and but when we got back to Kigali, which was a beautiful city, you know, when we left, it's this rolling like French hills and patisseries, and um, just gorgeous. But yeah, I mean, it was just fields, a mess. There was work. the streets were blown up. Um, there were people running around. You know, we didn't really know what was going on, but. The other, the other thing that's interesting to mention here is we're kind of where there's a bit of a height of the HIV AIDS going on yeah. in Africa. Yeah. Not enough cure. People are really poor. And there were a lot of children who were orphaned 
Um, and really, we knew it then. We could see it in Kigali. There were a lot of kids begging. And often, you know, shopkeepers would help them out and give them, you know, boiled eggs and a couple of things like that. But these are children who are looking for something, looking for something in their life. And yeah. yet this, this war begins, this genocide. And next thing we see is a lot of these children were recruited yeah, yeah. Uh, to fight. So we'd see lorries of these these kids we had seen a few days previously begging on the streets and, you know, just being what orphan kids are, to sitting on the back of lorries with machetes, you know, screaming and yeah. chanting. and um, Had a job, had a sense of purpose. Oh, yeah. And many of them are children's ages today. Yeah. Like, yeah. hard yeah. to fathom. So we ended up going back to the mission and our buddy Klaus was there. And he had stocked up on some food Somebody and shared it with us. Somebody bread that day, I remember, because yeah. there was no food. And that was the thing. We noticed right away, everything was closed up tight. There's no food to be had. And we were like, gosh, I hope the mission will accept us. And sometimes they would even cook dinner there, but they were like, yeah, there's nothing. And Klaus was there, and it was like magic, because Klaus was like, <laughs> I have a baguette. And we were like, how? He said somebody came by and sold some. Wow. Awesome. Leave it to the Germans to be. Leave it to Loved the Germans. Loved it. So we walked up to the embassy, and um, and they were closed, but the security guard were like, you know, we're Americans. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, we need to talk to the ambassador. And the guard was the, the ambassador's husband. Yeah. And Whoa. he's just like, come on in. Wow. So he brought us in, and um, we went up and, and met with her, and she was just fantastic. Um, Laura uh, Lane was that her name? Yes, Laura Lane. Yeah, Laura Lane. and what her husband was from Texas, but I don't think I remember his name originally. Um, just so yeah. so incredible, like They're what luck! Really nice. And he said, "Nobody's here anymore at the embassy. Like we're here, and yeah, we'll try to help you. And by and, the way, we have ice cream in our freezer." Yeah, they but said if, if you don't have a place to stay, come to our house. Wow, and stay with us. Wow. And so, you know, which was really reassuring. Yeah. And, you know, they were just, mm -hmm. um, and we're, you know, and they said they were doing a, they had another plane that was flying out to the U.S. They did an evacuation. And we said, we don't want to go to the U.S. You know, we're, we're we want to keep done. traveling. Yeah. And she said, well, you know, we can only evacuate you to the U.S. And we yeah. said, well, there's got to be another way. And she said, you can't go by land. We had an American that was pulled out of his car this morning, and they were beating him up. And a, luckily, a UN vehicle came up and stopped and saved the guy's life. Wow! But they, they said they're just they're killing everybody everywhere. Yeah, they said. And, she said the road down towards Burundi that we wanted to go on. She said it's completely insecure right now. Like you can't go. So she said, "Hold insecure. tight. Let's see if you know. Let's see what tomorrow or the next day brings, and um, you know, and see if we can get you somewhere else." She says there's, there should be some sort of a flight, but right now the airport had also been taken control of by rebels, by rebels. So, so we went back and we mm. stayed in our room and we slept under our bed. And the worst thing was you, you heard all the gunshots, but you knew most of the killings were by machete, so you didn't know when someone was going to know how break close through anyone was the window or the door. You had no idea what was going on. Oh my God, you know it was we're, awful. It was terrible, and um, I think Klaus had a got a hold of a small radio and were trying to listen to Voice of America or or something in English to to find out what. But the information wasn't really much of anything. Wow. 
So <clears throat> finally, a couple of days later, I think it was, we ran out of food. And so we're asking, somebody said, well, there's, we think somebody's down at the market. You know, the market had been closed up, but there's, in the morning, there's some people down there early. So we thought we'd go down there and get some food. And uh, so we kind of scurry down the streets. Scary, and, right? Yeah. You're thinking, I hope I don't bump into anybody along the way. And they're just these little narrow city yeah. streets. So we scurry down to the market and we found some food and we got it. And so we're coming back and feeling really good now, feeling yeah. like a little positive. And there's a, a restaurant and the doors were open. Mm. So I'm like, well, do you think that they have food? You know, and it seems a little odd and let's just ask. So we go in there like, do you guys have food? Like, no, 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 no food, no food. And uh, all of a sudden we hear a loud bang. Right outside the gate. jump down and, and they're like, quick, quick. And they're dragging us and we're running up behind and we're like, you know, and there's a bunch of, all we saw was a, another lorry filled with kids with machetes. And we're thinking that they're coming after us. We had no, no idea. No idea. So we Those run up, that, yeah. up these stairs into some room and they're tucking it's us under these tables. There's nowhere to go. There's, there's nowhere, nowhere to go. To go. So and if they all rushed in from where, outside, we're done. You know, so you're just like, oh, oh my gosh. I'm, I remember looking up the walls like, I don't, I don't think I could scale it if I want to right now. Like, there's no way I'm getting out of here. So, yeah. you know, we're down there and just, you know, I mean, this happens quick and we're just sweating it yeah, out. And they close the All gates. of a sudden they're like, no, come, yeah. come. And we go out and they like, look, it's all right. It's okay. And you look and what happened was the lorry, the tire popped. That's what the bang was. So we're Ooh, waiting. So now we're, we're, people we're pretty. people with machetes in yeah. there. We're pretty like, scared. We're like, oh, oh my gosh, how are we getting around them? So then a UN vehicle, an armed UN vehicle comes driving up. So we're like, grab our food and we just run out there. And we run up to them like, can we get in? They're like, no, we, you can't come in our vehicle. They say, can you? Can we walk beside your vehicle We're to get back to our place? And they said, yes. So they, they walked us, drove next to us as oh. we got back. Mm-hmm. And then it was uh, later that day, um, Laura got a hold of us. And she said, we got a flight. You got to be up at the ho- hotel. It's, it was the hotel that Hotel Rwanda was was." Um, yeah, f- was made filmed at, film. and yeah. um, but that's not the name of the hotel. It was some French name. I can't remember it. And so, it was a very high end hotel. We had to be yeah. there at like three in the morning or something yeah. crazy. She said, "Walk across really quickly. Get up three a.m. and you just stand with all those folks who are departing on that next plane." Oh. And so they bust Don't us out anything. with security. They negotiated getting a plane out, and it flew us to Burundi. Mm-hmm. And she said, but Burundi is the same tribes. You might have the same issues. So right now things are stable. Just get out of the airport and get out of the country. Shit. So that's what we yeah. did. We headed for Tanzania. We didn't get out of in one day. It took no, us two days. No, it took us days. a couple days through Burundi. And they but, wanted nothing to do with us. You yeah, could feel like, the tension. Yeah, it was that. like electricity. People wouldn't even talk to us. Yeah, the first night we stayed in some kind of really basic employee housing somewhere and they're just like you can stay here for the night and we have very rocky rice and beans that'll definitely break your teeth when you get home to the u.s you'll know <laughs> and uh come share that with us and get the heck out of here tomorrow and, yeah they didn't, and we really did we rode on the was, backs of all kinds of weird vehicles and wow. yeah just stacked nothing high was folks. going on there but everybody yeah. was Tense. was high tension they're like you need to be out of high here tension. they're sure those those same tribes, they were just so sure that they were going to have the exact effects. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, wow. we're really thankful that they didn't and that we were able to get so, yeah. out of there and get away because obviously the days that followed were much, much worse. Yeah. Um, One hell of a first date, Mike. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> All right, th- Can't cheers. say that it was boring. Yeah. Cheers to your German friend and to the U.S. Yeah. State Department. I mean, how Absolutely. Yeah. Incredible. How and incredible. I would like to say that Mike and I very recently, about two months ago, saw a TED Talk with Laura speaking. Oh, that's And great. she briefly spoke about her moment and how young she was at the time. And we're so thankful they made excellent decisions. That's, um, yeah. In our opinion. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The things bizarre. you live through. Man. Well, uh, here's hoping none of that shit comes to pass in Bali and that everything stays cool in Bali. Let me ask you this. Do you ever worry about like, you know how uh, some hippie kids or hippie parents will raise their kids vegetarian and then the kid uh, votes for Trump and eats cheeseburger, just in that like kind of reject the parent thing. <laughs> right. Do you worry sure. about that at all? Are you are you thinking that you're going to no, no, breed don't. some homebodies just... some kind of way? No, our our yeah. kids are I'm still in awe of our kids and the decisions they make, and I, yeah. I think you know, yeah, people change throughout their lives, but I I don't worry about that kind of. And we don't thing. we don't press you know our ideas on. I mean, obviously, yeah. they hear them, they listen, and but you know, mm-hmm. our, our kids really do think for themselves, and we ask them and we talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes they have some crazy thoughts and. Like, well, that's interesting. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So I, I noticed yeah. that with you guys yesterday. You definitely you talk to the, your children like the adults you want them to be. You don't talk to them like some kid you're just hoping to shape into some other thing. Right. You're just Thanks. talking to a kid. It's it's encouraging and, and kind of cool to see because your kids respond. I mean, just us talking. I was kind of haranguing them with questions while I was cooking earlier. They're like, man, this guy's really. I should have had the mics on because they were brilliant. They're such smart, funny, funny characters, you know. So good, good job, well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. Is there anything other else you want to say to the world? You want to tell anybody? Is there a message you could impart on hopeful travelers out there? No, I don't. <laughs> Well, you heard it here for first, folks. <laughs> I feel it's doable. And like, like I said, traveling with kids, especially yeah. having brought that into our lives, I just think it's um, home really is where you are. Yeah. So if you feel like this is a good choice for you and your family, you should kind of go for it and give it a ch- chance because I really feel like we go out there and my kids just, they go out there with no prudence preconceived notions and they just look at people and they're just like I want to get to know you and I want to hang out with you and I want to know what your life is like I just think they come in to that space with such openness people are really receptive they have amazing moments and sometimes they'll read something in the paper about somewhere in India and this and that and they're like wow but I I don't think they got the full story I don't think they understood what was going on. It's yeah. as if my kids have really picked on, up on some of those underlying factors. Yeah. I just think it's remarkable. I, yeah. I really and love it. If you don't put up your barriers, then people are open, you know? Yeah. People love to share their culture, their religion, mm-hmm. their language, and every one of them is just fantastic. And it's so nice and neat and and that's, you know, that's what makes travel great and we don't 
go and say, you know, those people were really poor. You know, we go and say, those people were really happy. Yeah. You know, and yeah. hey, there are different levels of income and, you know, and, and it's not always fair either. Mm-mm. You know, life is definitely not fair. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But, not. you know, people in some of the worst atrocities are some of the happiest people just because they've decided that, hey, listen, you know, it doesn't get any worse. So we're just going to enjoy it from here. You know, we're lucky to be alive. Yeah. And, you know, you can actually learn from those people. You know, you can learn from, you know, the people that don't have a lot. And, and you know, they're always willing to share with you. Yeah. And so we're always willing to share with everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it's, it's really important. And that's what makes travel fun. It's not the, it's not the big sites. You know, those are, they're all fun to see, but it's mm-hmm. the, when you take that right hand turn and not quite sure where you're going, but there's a town there at the end and I don't know what's there, but we're going to go see it anyhow. That's, those are where the experiences are. Hell yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Indeed. Yeah. Saying that on our own little right turn down here at this incredible place, we never, we yeah. had no yeah. idea what, was gonna, what we were going to find here and. This is a little slice of heaven. This is oh, an amazing is. place. It's magic. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. I've, I've asked you a, a bunch of questions. I hope you feel like you've gotten to tell your tale. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for spending a moment on your journey with us. It's been Absol- awesome to get to know you guys. Likewise. Yeah, absolutely. here saying thank you for listening to the monkey tooth podcast if you haven't already or it's been a while check out our website mtp.dog there's plenty of information there an about tab with a little bio on andrew myself and our dog pele there's also a van build tab detailing how we did our van conversion a journal tab and we as an andrew are doing our best to keep that up to date and last but not least a contact tab where you can leave your thoughts, suggestions, or questions. You can also contact us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram, Monkey Tooth Podcast. If you would like to donate and or subscribe to the cause, you can go to Patreon and GoFundMe at Monkey Tooth Podcast. Patreon is not just a place to subscribe. We post lots of content there as well. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you. Love to all. Love to all.